The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Let's go. Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, one-on-one showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Monday, January 16th, 2023. Listeners, please welcome one of the most underrated male performers in the adult industry, Puerto Rock. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, how's Hey man, how's it's good. Going? I'm 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 glad to have you on. I feel like I've been trying to get you on for a moment, so I'm really excited that you are the first interview for the year 2023. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, me too. Awesome, man. This is actually a pretty big interview period for me because this is my 200th one-on-one with Papi Chulo podcast. Oh, okay, okay. That's cool. I'm glad to be that lucky number. <laughs> yeah, right, man. Like, it's it's crazy. I was, like, looking at the numbers, and I'm like, crap, this is – I've been doing this for a moment. <laughs> but it's a whole lot of fun. And so I, I look forward to having fun with you as well because we're going to dive deep into everything about you. And I know your fans are going to truly enjoy that. So let's start off with some physical stats. What's your height and weight? I'm – uh, five seven one seventy. What's your zodiac sign? Pisces. What's your ethnic background? I am one hundred percent Puerto Rican. <laughs> All right, I feel like that was obvious, but I gotta ask. <laughs> and how old are you? Me, I'm forty two. Now that's what's up. I didn't know that. Yes. Yes, los come años. <laughs> well, March second. That's what's up. Uh, yeah, listeners, he does not look his age. I'm sure that was a shock for, for a lot of your fans. Um, <laughs> yeah, so props. Keep drinking all that water. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's get to know a little bit about the man behind the performer. Where are you originally from? I was born in Bedside, Brooklyn, 1980. <laughs> That's what's up. What was life like yeah. for you growing up? What was Puerto Rock like as a kid? Well, I, nothing bad. I was a, I was a good student. I was a, a straight A student. Uh, I was mama's boy. Uh, I went straight through uh, high school, straight through college. I did four years of college. Got my uh, associates in fashion illustration. Got my bachelor's in toy design. Uh, I went to FIT out in New York City. Um, played sports. Joined a lot of like. Uh, clubs, especially when I was in college, was part of a lot of uh, organizations and stuff like that. Pretty normal, uh, basic life. I was working a lot. Uh, I got into porn, I would say, around 2005 because I was trying to make extra income just to move out uh, and move out on my own. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that was one of the reasons why I got into porn because people go, well, you got into porn because of fucking? No, I kind of got into porn because I was a fan of it. And somebody offered me a gig, and it was it was easy money to help you know save money and get about my parents' house and stuff like that. And that that was like 
I was around 24 at the time. Okay. All right. So let's dive deeper into that. So how did this opportunity come about? How did it happen? And, uh, I mean, it sounds like basically by what you said, you were pretty much down from the jump. Is that true? Did you have to get convinced? Uh, so where did this opportunity come from? Well, I was already, uh, I was at the time I was stripping for the ladies independently. Uh, I was doing uh, bachelorette parties and stuff like that. Um, and and some girl approached me when I was advertising. I think at the time, I think I'm trying to remember because it was such a long time ago. It was Craigslist. She saw me on Craigslist. Shout out to Craigslist. Yeah, and then <laughs> and she she was like, "Hey, um, do would you ever consider doing porn?" It was a milf lady. Uh, her name was Houston. I I think she passed away a couple of years ago. So God rest her soul. But uh, she was like, um, "Hey, would you?" would you want to do porn? And at the time, I was a big fan of porn. I was watch porn all the time. So she was like, it's good money. You can make a quick buck. All you have to do is get tested and stuff like that and, you know, be ready. And I was like, cool. And it it, it didn't take much convincing, to be honest with you. I, I, like, at the time, I was so money-driven because I was working multiple jobs at the time. So I, in terms of, like, my parents finding out and stuff like that, I wasn't too worried about that. My parents are very open-minded. I don't have very stringent parents. They'll they'll bust my ass, like typical if I was doing something bad. But in terms of like life choices, no, they're not too stringent with that stuff. So when this happened, how long had you been exotic dancing? Oh, only for like a couple of months. Oh, okay. What was your name, by the way? Oh, uh, I, I, I just went by a regular stage name. I went by Rock. Okay. okay. That's crazy, yeah. All right, all right. So let's talk about that first opportunity. Because here you are, you know, as you said, you're doing a little dancing, you're, you know, doing multiple different jobs, uh, you know, you're making that cash in essence. Uh -huh. You were, were you still studying or was this after? This was after college. I already graduated. Early. Okay, so you graduated, was, you're out yeah. living your life, and then you get this opportunity you agreed to the opportunity and let's talk about that first time shooting what was that experience like for you were you comfortable in front of the camera i mean clearly if if you're stripping then uh, you know there's a um, there's an air of exhibitionism that you are comfortable in partaking in but was that did that translate once the camera came out is what i'm trying to ask what was that first experience like for you well, the first experience was actually pretty good. Like, um, went over there. And she was she had a she was staying with another porn star at the time, uh, Gina De Palma, out in New York City, like in Kips Bay. Uh, so she had a condo in in Kips Bay, in Manhattan, and um, it was it was to be honest, it wasn't difficult at all. Like, it wasn't crazy for me. I, I went in there pretty much ready. Um, the only thing I didn't have at the time was a full name, like a, a stage name. That was it. But, like, in terms of the scene itself, uh, it was actually – it went smooth. It went really, really, really smooth. It, it was weird at first having the guy's camera, the camera in my butt, but I, I kind of – I'll put it to you like this. If you watch porn, you should have an idea of what to expect. You understand? So if you go to a set and you're kind of shocked with – what the camera guy does or where the camera guy stands, then 
you're in you're you're gonna have a bad time. But exactly, I you're clearly not paying attention to the scene. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're clearly not paying attention because if you look at any scene, I mean, there's some things that are shot by the person in the scene. You know, like it's one on one with with a girl, so some people can actually shoot scenes themselves. But on a professional scene, when you're working with other people and they're paying you, you should know that there's going to be multiple people there. You know what I mean? Like if it's a shock to you, then I don't think this industry is for you. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So you do the scene, you get paid, Mm -hmm. everything's good. How did other opportunities arise for you? Wait, actually, before, before we do that, just really quick, since you mentioned you didn't really have a stage name, did you just go by rock for that first scene? No, no. Um, at the end, when once because the scene wasn't released like right there and then, um, she, we when we went over paperwork, she asked me for a stage name, and I was just listening to a big pun song, and he says Porter. There was a part when he says Porter Rock, and I was like, I couldn't think of a name because she she originally said because she was like, hey, come up with a name, and I was like, mm. and I was I, I didn't want to come up with like I think it was your street with the street you lived on and your first pet was a good way of coming up with a porn name. So, but my name would have been Franklin Boots. So I didn't, I didn't want to be yeah. Franklin Boots. <laughs> so I just, I was listening to a song and I said Porter Rock and I just threw it out there. So Porter Rock, and she said, oh, okay, good. And she wrote that down. That was it. There you go. I love it though. Uh, rest in peace, big pun for inspiring the yeah. poor name. I love it. Because, <laughs> I mean, let's be real. There's no Puerto Rican named uh, Franklin Boots. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I could be wrong. Franklin Boots. No offense to you, Franklin <laughs> Boots, if you're listening, but I just and, and you're Puerto Rican, but I just don't feel like that yeah. exists. Um, yeah. No. Okay. Cool. That's that's interesting. What a way to come up with your name. I mean, it's just so. It, I mean, it's just so random, but in a good way. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it worked clearly. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it clicked. It clicked. Yeah. So as I was trying to ask before, I wanted to do that quick follow up. How did the other opportunities arise? Like, was it something that started after that first scene? Did you just go back to doing what you were doing? When did the next opportunity happen for you? Well, opportunities in the porn industry now as compared to back then was way different. So what I did was um, I would pick up porn magazines and I would pick up, I forgot how I got into, I started with a a company called cliffyoutalick.com. Uh, back then there was no Twitter, there was no Instagram, yeah. so it was harder to it was harder to communicate. So you had to do snail mail, and you had to do all this other stuff. And to be honest with you, I it's been such a long time. Cause we're talking like two thousand five, two thousand six. Um, I was with Lick dot com in two thousand six, and in two thousand six, I. I I think I came across some their website online, and I just they had like a like a contact info thing, like an email thing at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I think I might have emailed them, and they were like, "Hey," they got back to me like a couple of days later, and they were like, "Hey, we're interested, and do you like you live in New York at the time? I was, obviously, I was in New York, but they were like deep out in New York. They were like, "We're talking about like me. If you know anything about New York, you were inside Green Acres." And Green Acres Mall area, and that's like deep in Queens. That's like borderline Queens, Long Island. And I was in the Bronx at the time. Uh, 
no, no, I wasn't at the Bronx at the time. I was in Brooklyn at the time. And um, they were like, hey, if you could come out here, we got some shoots for you, and we don't mind shooting you. And that's really how I started. And then from there, I, I branched off from a clip to you to look.com to bustybabydolls.com. And Busty Baby Dolls was a lot closer. She was in the Bronx in, like, in the Gun Hill region of the Bronx. And I was with her for a long time. I worked with one company for almost close to 10 years. Wow, man, props. I mean, that's good, yeah. consistent work. That means you know you're mm-hmm. always shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was, she was booking shoots, like, at least twice a month. I was shooting with new girls, like, twice a month. Like, she... Who, she's selling the website now because that's the reason why I stopped working with her because in 2016 she used the money that she made from the website to get her master's degree. But the the site itself, if I uh, I know a few people that are trying to buy it, if, if a few people buy it, whoever buys it, they have like at least 50 to 60 pieces of footage from me. They have like half my catalog because <laughs> I was with her for so long. Wow, man, that's what's up. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. some good. Uh, I mean, I don't mean this in a bad way. I was about to say some vintage uh, Porter Rock. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the early days. Yeah, the early days. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Wow, interesting. Okay, so after you moved on from that site, did you continue working in New York, or because I'm I'm curious as to when you made the big jump, you know, from working locally in New York to starting to work with, you know, some of the huge companies in the industry? Well, I, 2016, uh, I started branching off. 2016, I met a couple of uh, industry girls that came to New York City, and they were looking for people to work with. So at the time, you have to recruit. So, I mean, so you have to look, and you have to put your name out there. and you, It's almost like a job interview, job process. So I hit up a few girls that were coming to, like, New York City on – either touring or just visiting. And they were like, hey, man, you need to get to Florida. You need to get to Vegas because that's where the shoots are at or mm-hmm. L.A. Um, at the time, I was working with mostly BBWs. So a lot of BBWs were telling me to get out to Vegas because they were saying there was a lot of BBWs in Vegas. They were looking for male talent. Yeah, like you're one of the, In my opinion, you're one of the Latin kings of the BBWs. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome, man. Perhaps. <laughs> I appreciate that. And um, they were like, hey, you need to get out to um, Vegas and stuff like that. So I was like, for real? And they, at first I didn't take it serious because I didn't want to actually travel too far out of New York City. I was uh, comfortable in New York. But then um, – Well, I mean you had been I doing it for with, a decade plus, you know, yeah, shooting yeah, in the city. Sure. So you got comfortable. You got used to it. Yeah. So I was – so then um, I met Miss Lingley. Uh, she came to New York City, and she was doing a tour of New York City with uh, BBW. That's not in the industry no more, uh, Kirby Quinn. And they were like, hey, we need guy male talents to come to New Jersey. So I went out there and shot with them, and they were like, hey, I promise you I'm going to promote the hell out of this. This is going to be good, and, you know, people will reach out to you. And I thought she was lying, so I was just like, I need to get anything about it. So I was like, ugh, whatever. It was just good to shoot with them. And then a few days later, she wasn't lying. A few producers hit me up and was like, hey, man, you coming out to Florida anytime? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, we could book you for some shoots. And that's how it basically started with me shooting with uh, mainstream uh, companies and mainstream performers. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, you know, where the notoriety comes from and where, you know, even more work comes from. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I- 
I mean, there's a lot of content out there that's being shot by independently run um, amateur uh, performers and production companies, but, you know, to get a, a, a slice of the mainstream pie, I mean, I don't think anybody complains about that. Yeah, no, no. It, I mean, it's it's also cool to work with a lot of mainstream performers. Um, I always tell people, because people are always asking about, how do I get into porn industry? There is no formula for it. It's no clean-cut formula for it, to be honest with you. It's, there is not. So that's why when people ask that question, that's a redundant, silly question. That's why people laugh at that question, to be honest with you, because there's no clean-cut way of getting in the industry. For women, it's a lot more clean-cut, to be honest with you, because if a woman is hot and she got the looks and she's got the curves and she wants to do it, she can do it. Like, it's not going to take much. Like, she don't need it. That's why agencies... I never understood the point of an agent ever in my life because if you're a woman and you're confident and let's say you're you're popping like you're like you're all over Instagram, you're all over Twitter, and you can have a look, all you have to do is reach out to the company and be like, "Hey, I want to work with you," and they, I'm telling you, they're not going to turn you down unless you unless some the only time they turn people down. This is the dark part of the porn industry that no one talks about. The only way they won't shoot you is if there's a gatekeeper blocking you from shooting. And what I mean by gatekeeper is that these veterans or people that are, like, behind the scenes play a hating and blocking other performers. Mm-hmm. And that is, and that exists in the porn industry. In, yeah. Think, yeah. There's a yeah. lot of people. And that's why, that's why I don't know, because I've, I've seen you follow me for a long time. That's why you notice I don't talk too much about personal stuff on Twitter or IG because the people who are online, I'm going to tell you this secret, this is between us. <laughs> yeah, of face. course, and, and everybody listening, but we can forget yeah, about everybody that. everybody listening. There's people right now on Twitter, especially on Twitter, who talk a lot, a lot, a lot of union and we got to do this and we got to do that, but they are the biggest gatekeepers in the porn industry. Like, let's say if I'll give you an example, I'll just give you some random example. No names, but I'll give you an example. Let's say if there's three African American girls, right? And you know, African American performers have uh, have it tough in the porn industry. You know, they don't get booked for a lot of gigs, or you know, they get looked over, mm-hmm. or the scenes that they do is very racist in in play you know what i mean like it's a lot of race play which is disgusting you yes. know what i mean yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah, yeah so, i always talk about that with yeah. performers yeah so, so let's say let's say there's three performers right three female performers they would online tell you guys so people so fans go oh my god we're with you they'll be like oh yeah let's you know we're all about the african-american performer like we need to get we need to work together we need to change this industry but behind the scenes all three of them are trying to cut each other's throat. You understand what I mean? Like, it's it's like if a producer goes, hey, I want to shoot another African-American girl. Do you have any in mind? And one of, the, one of them will go, no, I don't have any in mind. You, you see what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's one way in public and one way behind the scenes. And that's the thing they don't tell you guys about the porn industry. Porn industry is like, because I'm a grown man. I've been in, I graduated school. I did all that. Porn industry is like high school. 
all over again. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. Like, I've been yeah. interviewing performers for, uh, like, a decade and a half. I don't even like to think about yeah. it because I'm like, shit, that's a long-ass time. I've been doing the podcast yeah. for a little over 10 years. And before that, I had a blog that was really popular and, and uh, popping and all that type of shit. And, um, you know, I interviewed performers on there. It was, uh, you know, uh, yeah. text interviews. So uh, mm-hmm. I don't like to say written interviews because, it, you know, it's on the computer. It's, it's a website. So there's no writing. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, the stories that I've heard from performers about, like, people that are, you swear are your friends – Oh, yeah, man. And they are slicing <laughs> and dicing in the back rooms, yeah. like, saying, no, 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 you don't want to shoot with him. They might even be roommates. Yep. And mm-hmm. the roommate is trying to sabotage you. And yeah. um, I know I think a lot of people think of just the women doing it, but the men do it, too. And oh, I've oh, heard yeah. many yeah. stories. Yeah. And what the funny part about it is this is the, this is the dumb part about it. The dumb part about it is if you look at porn from a, a different kind of lens, no one's fan is going to be a fan of someone else. So if somebody supports you, they're going to support you through thick and thin. Correct. So it, I think a lot of people so, fail to think, fail to realize yeah. that. Like everybody right. has a chance to have their own fandom. Now, exactly. sure, sometimes fandoms overlap. That is true. But, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not going to be the case for Everybody, like everybody has, you know, their top five, their top ten, and it's yeah. not always going to have the same people. It's not going to have the same. I just want to, and, and I come to that realization. I've come to that realization years ago, and I think more people have to. Seriously, I give you an example. The people who have to are the guys who call themselves goats or legends or like I'm the greatest of all time because you're not. You you have your fans that support you. That's it. Your fans are not my fans. My fans will not like you. Your fans will not like me. So that's the way it works. That's why I think like Avian Awards and and Xbiz Awards and it's dumb. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Your award is based off of how many of your fans came out to vote for you. And who's to tell? Who's to say that they even count the fan votes? That's like. If, the, if if you trust WWE, which is wrestling, if you count on them counting your vote, you think they really take a fan's opinion? If if of the fans ran WWE, it would look different than it does today. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah. what makes you think that a fan vote counts in the porn industry? You understand? They're gonna pick who they want to pick. Period. And what I, I'm I'm shocked that we haven't come to that realization yet. You understand what I mean? They're going to pick who they want to pick, and that's why I said the on award show is bogus. What I would prefer that Avian does, or like XBiz, or like Urban X, is not even have an award show. They should just have conventions, conventions where the people can meet their performers, sign autographs, take photos, and call it a day. You understand what I mean? And just throw a big get together, a big party. That's it. Yeah. Well, Avian does have a convention. It just yeah, yeah, no, it ends do. with the awards, but I, I feel you yeah, in regards to the, the others. Um, I think yeah. Urban X tried to do like an entire weekend recently, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but just stick to that because the award show is so dumb. And then you have people who are not mentally stable in the industry who go on rants because they don't win awards. Like, dude, 
you're not going to win it that way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Even if you could win one, you're not going to win one that way. So it, that's what I'm saying. It leads to all this fake competition. That's what it does. That's what an award show does. It leads to imaginary competition. Because I'm going to tell you right now, my fans, I can mention mainstream guys, seriously, mainstream guys, and they won't know who I'm talking about. You understand what I'm saying? Just like you can mention, you could probably mention me to people, and they were like, "I don't know who that is." So that's what people are not understanding that it's to each its own. The point of the street is to each its own. There's people that like fat guys. There's the people that like muscular guys. There's the people that like black guys. There's the people that like white guys. There's the people that like tall guys. There's the people that like short guys. It's up to the viewer. It's the viewer's opinion. That's why they consume porn. That's it's to pleasure themselves. Not, it's not like watching, I don't know, the National Football League. It's not like watching The Simpsons or like ER or one of those shows from TV. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's what I think. That's what people have to start to come to terms with in the porn industry, or else the porn industry is just going to be like the. Like like high school, it's gonna be like high school forever, and it's gotta stop because let me tell you, it's it's bad. And I always tell fans, if you knew half the stuff that I knew in the industry, or you've seen half the stuff, you'd be like, man, I'm shocked. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Uh, I will say, damn it, man, why did it take us so long for us to do a damn interview? But I'm glad we're doing it now because <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's fantastic. Um, although I will say, just as a quick aside, because you were talking about people and the industry and unions, I do feel like the industry should unionize. I, I feel like that could help in some areas, but yeah. it all depends on who is in charge of said unions, is all and I'm saying. What, and, the, see, and that's the problem. And, the, and that's the problem. The people who are, quote-unquote, I put air quotes, leaders of this industry or people who are supposed to be like, like, like trying to be in the forefront of the industry you can't trust yeah i think it's unfortunately it's a cycle like i think unfortunately because and i'm not saying you know this is no diss to anybody because i'm not even thinking of any names right now um but you know i feel like part of it could be the fact that some of the people could have been gate kept and now yep. they want positions of power, and it's like a vicious cycle, almost like an abusive cycle, where they and, were gatekept, they want positions of powers, and because on, the only thing that they know is being gatekept, they, yep. in essence, become the gatekeeper. Yeah, and that's and that I said this about a couple of weeks because I seen uh, I seen that a performer do that right before my eyes. Seriously, I seen a performer do it right before my eyes. I seen a performer get shunned by, by women in the industry, right? Then, oh, just to let you guys know, in a point, just some secrets, 90% of the stuff you see is phony baloney. So people's numbers are inflated because they purchase followers on both Twitter and Instagram. So people that really have 5,000 followers to look like they have 200,000 followers. A key way to finding out that someone is phony baloney when it comes to their followers is if they have 200,000 followers and you scroll down and look at their likes or their engagement, 
their engagement, they only get engaging a thousand people. Imagine 500,000 people enter a store and only a thousand people buy something. That means your product sucks. <laughs> okay? So it's either your product sucks or you paid for following. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, but let's so, be real though. I mean, they have they learn that from the mainstream side of the industry, yeah, 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 like yeah, the mainstream yeah. as in like mainstream entertainment industry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so, so they purchase their following that way. So after they purchase their following, and they start getting like these good shoots with good performers because the performers aren't even bothered to investigate. They think they're getting engagement by working with this person, but all you're really doing is getting bots. So you're getting engagement from bots. So no one is purchasing the product. Then not only that, the guy, the male performer, when he gets the footage, a 40-minute footage, he's selling for $5. So if I'm the woman, and let's say I'm a high-end uh, female performer in the industry, and I work with this guy, I'm thinking, A, I'm getting his engagement, B, that he's selling our footage at a, pre at a premium rate. Because the woman, 9 times out of 10, is going to sell her footage at a premium rate. We're talking 25 or better. He's selling it at $5. So he's basically cutting your throat. So he's not, not only is he not giving you the following, he's cutting your throat on the purchase. So it's a lose-lose situation, and they're not even realizing it. So what happens is when the guy starts hitting a certain performance level, like quote-unquote, like in the industry standards, like getting a name for himself, then they start gatekeeping. Then they work with girls who are brand new, and they'll tell the girls, hey, don't work with this person, don't work with that person. But that happened to you, and you promised people, your fans, that you wouldn't do that, but you are doing that. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's what it is. It's like what you said. It's a vicious cycle. They get gatekeeped, and they start being the gatekeeper, as opposed to saying, you know what? When I hit the top, I'm not going to gatekeep no one. And to be honest with you, there's no reason for it. There's no need for it. There's plenty of workspace for everyone. There's plenty of women and men to shoot with in this industry. Especially so nowadays. No, yeah. So there's no reason for it. But it, yet it still happens. Mm -hmm. it's, 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 to be honest with you, it's borderline hilarious to me. Because when I'm not shooting porn, I, just, I don't even pay attention to it. I just go right into you know, living my everyday life, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because if, you, if your brain is nine, like 90% in the porn industry or 100% in the porn industry, you're going to lose your freaking brain. You're going to lose your mind because it's insane, the stuff that happens in it. I believe you. Trust. I've heard stories about <laughs> peoples throughout the years, so I, I totally believe you. I think one of the things that's really fascinating about the amount of time that you've been in the industry, you know, doing... Mm -hmm things for the smaller studios for about a decade and now you know getting close to almost being a decade working for the mainstream side of the industry is mm -hmm. over those almost two decades you've uh, really seen how the industry has changed you know yeah. it, it went from uh, I mean, when you started, I don't think VHSs were still, I mean, I think it, it was like DVDs and, and websites and that sort of thing. But uh -huh. that has evolved into on-demand, you know, performers now doing much more live content 
as well as things like OnlyFans, many vids, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, where, you know, performers have direct communication with the fans. I mean, there, you also saw, as you mentioned, the rise in um, performers using social media to mm -hmm. get in contact with their fans, to keep in touch, to grow their fan base, whether it's real or not, you know. It's real for them because they spent real money. But you know what I'm saying. But, um, but you've seen how social media has influenced performers and the industry. I just want to get your general take on how the industry and the product, you know, scenes and that sort of thing, how that has changed and evolved in the time that you've been in the industry. Um, we're going to touch on your OnlyFans and, and what you're doing separately so i just want to get sort of like general ideas from you on your take on the involvement of the industry well since i started everything was uh either website based everybody owned the website uh and it was everything was dvd so like when somebody had a website they would do scenes on the website and then make a dvd copy of the scene and they will sell both. And DVDs were the ones that tend to sell more than the actual website itself. Or like subscriptions to the website, which is weird. Um, now it's reversed. Now there's there's hard copies. Some people make DVDs, but now it's more on flash drives. People, especially like if you go to conventions, uh, people sell scenes on flash drives now. Uh, so you could just load it onto your laptop and just watch the scene. It's a lot cheaper in cost, and it's a lot cheaper to get made than the DVDs are. A uh, little thumb drive with, with a scene on it. Uh, but the industry has gotten more uh, streaming-based, you know, just like Netflix, just like movies in general. So the same way that the, the movie industry has changed, the porn industry has changed, very similar. It's not a real big difference. It's the same thing. Was once hard copies where you can actually hold the footage in your hand is now shipped to streaming. Uh, DVD sales are still there, but they're not as strong. Magazine sales are still there, but they're not as strong. People prefer online magazines. Um, in terms of the cameras have gotten a lot stronger as well because what once was like just your basic uh, camcorder has switched to 4K cameras and Blackmagic cameras, like stuff that they use on shows and on movies uh a lot of the cameras are being sold now to the public so people have access to those those cameras those lighting and can take a footage from looking like something you record in your basement to something that you would see in the movie there <laughs> um i would say that's the biggest change in the industry to me is just visually the camera work um you got a lot of talented people who have a lot of great imaginations when when they're um coming up with their scenes and that's what I try to focus on I try to focus on using my imagination when it comes to scenes uh, usually when I shoot with uh, female performers and we're coming up with ideas for our scenes uh, they usually let me do it they're like hey you could come up with the idea and I always come up with elaborate scenes elaborate ideas and stuff like that um, I prefer the editing and the visual side once you've been in the industry long enough you start focusing more on the production side of it and I, that, I think that's a huge thing that's changed is the production side. Um, people on amateur sites back in the days between pro and amateur, there was a huge distinct visual difference. Mm -hmm. Now there isn't. Now you got 
very amateur teams that are looking, if not better, than some of the mainstream teams. And I think that's why sometimes uh, a lot of the mainstream companies have, like, they start reaching out to some of these OnlyFans girls because, to be honest with you, they are competition. And that's another thing that these girls aren't too smart about is that your intellectual property, your intellectual license, this affects women, I think, more than men, to be honest with you. Definitely affects women more than men. Uh, some women create their own intellectual property by themselves. Like, they they worked hard for it, and their site, everything visually is on point, and they get their own following, they make their own money. And then the companies go, oh, uh, let me use her. But they only use her, like, one or two times if you pay attention to it. They only use her one or two times. The only reason why they do that is to get a slice of her intellectual property. And women, they go, oh, my God, this is such and such company. Oh, and this is such and such company. They're so popular, so mainstream. But the girl's not realizing that she outsells them or she outworks them. So they're getting a piece of her intellectual property that she worked hard to build. And then what happens is when people Google search her, instead of looking up finding her scenes on her website, they find that company's scene with her in it. You get it? So she's not understanding how business works. If I've, I'll put it to you like this, if I've made $100,000 off my OnlyFans myself without working with a mainstream company, I would never work a mainstream company because they are not getting any cut of my money, period, point blank. And there's some women that do that. They're not up to tune. They're not, they don't have business savvy. They either don't have business savvy or just don't know how business works and marketing works. And that's what's changed about the industry. It's not like the porn. It's not the porn industry creating stars either. Uh, people are making their own their own mark, creating it, making their own fame, and it's the industry trying to mooch off that fame. You get it? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I like that breakdown. I don't. I don't think a lot of mm-hmm. people sort of think about it in that sort of way. Yeah, I'm telling you because I've I've met women who. Upon meeting them, I, I, I was like, damn, they make this much money. They only do solos. They didn't do no, like, boy-girl things. It's just solos. And they have this look, and they have this following. And then I'm going over their numbers and looking at their stuff, and I'm like, and they're like, oh, I want to shoot for this such as our company. And I'm like, but why? Like, why? That's like you having, let's say that you, you do a startup company tomorrow. And you do a startup company that focuses on cell phones, hypothetically, right? And within a month, you're doubling Apple's sales, doubling their sales. Why would you then in turn do something for them when you're destroying them? You know what I'm saying? It's almost like Amazon, the way Amazon does it. Like Amazon sees a product and you're selling on their website and you're making a lot of money. They end up trying to buy your product. And if they can't buy your product, They'll rename it. They'll make a, a cheaper version of your product and rename it. And that's marketing 101. And that's how people cut each other's throats. And that's happening in the porn industry. And a lot of these women don't see it. I've seen many women get excited about being on a set when they already have numbers. And then all of a sudden, when I, when I Google search them, because that's what you should do as a porn star, or I, I don't like using a porn star. That name, that term is being used too loosely. As an adult performer, you should Google your name every time and see what pops up. 
And those girls, if they did that, which I know they're not doing it, but if they did it, they will see that their scene with the company pops up a hundred times over than their own website. You get it? Because what the tube sites do is they oversaturate you. So a pay company, like these companies, and here's another thing that the fans don't know. Some of these mainstream companies own the tube sites. Mm-hmm. So, so that's why they're not complaining about their footage getting stolen. So basically, they drop those scenes, right? They drop them on their tube site. So then you become oversaturated. So imagine 10 different websites, 10 different tube sites. Imagine 10 different tube sites showing your scene. And then you have your own scenes on your own website, on OnlyFans. And you're charging $50 for your scene. Because some of these girls charge $50, right, for their scenes. As a fan, why would I go to your site to purchase your scene when I could just go to these 10 for free? And saw the scene that you shot was, was, was said company. And then to top it off, even if I Google searched you, and let's say, if I, let's say I just became a fan of yours. And I go right into a Google or a, a Bing or whoever, like search engine. What's going to pop up first is your scene from those companies. So what I'm going to do is buy a subscription to that company, not to you. So the money's even going to them, too. So it doesn't matter. It's a lose situation, and I never understood that. Now, a female performer who's just starting out, and her her main focus is porn, and she doesn't want to put in the man hours, you know, to build up her brand, then I can understand you working with a porn company. Definitely understand it because they, they're going to get you out there, and that's going to be a jump-off point for you to open up your OnlyFans or open up a many bits. But to already be a, have a strong name behind yourself and to almost give them a cut of your money, it's, it's borderline silly. And, and what happens is they're, what a lot of performers do is they look at money day-to-day as a, as a money uh, year-long. They, they look at money as almost like disposable income. Like it's like it comes in and goes out as opposed to saying, I, before I shot with this company, my sales was at 88%. And now that I'm, I shot with them, the scene is out and it's on these two sites, now my sales are at, 68%. So at one point I was making uh, 30000 hypothetically. That's just throwing out some women are making more than that. So I was making 30000 a month. Now I'm down to 24 or 25 They go, it doesn't affect you, but in the long run, that those numbers add up, and those scenes add up. So that 24 can drop to 18 Then all of a sudden your following goes from maybe a, this is a raw number. A thousand followers on OnlyFans drops to eight, maybe drops to seven, and then it starts to hover around six, and you're not realizing why it happens because your content is out there for free. That's the problem. Sorry to put all the math numbers and numbers and equations on it. <laughs> no, you're good. No, you're good. No, I mean it's it's important information. It's interesting information. I think it's stuff that the fans in particular they don't really consider so yeah. and i mean and let's be what, real who knows there's there might be a performer mm-hmm. that downloads this and and they start doing the math and they realize what you're saying is the real deal you know what i'm saying like this could be something that someone hears that actually helps them in the business 
Yeah, and, and, and to the fans, that's the reason why we tell you guys to pay for your porn. Pay for your porn because if you don't pay for your porn, your performer is, is more, more than likely to not want to work or, not, or, or to just be like, hey, you know what, I'm done with this. Most people, not, I'm going to tell you right now, 90% of the people that quit is because the fans are usually stealing their stuff or not supporting them the way they thought they were going to be supported. And I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't take much. Like, there's, don't get me wrong. I'm going to speak from the fan's point of view right now, okay? I, speak, I, I try to look at it from both ends. There's, there are female performers and male performers who ask for the world. Like, they make it seem like the fan is like their parent. Like, if they're in trouble, they automatically run to the fan. Like, I hate that. I don't like that. That's not how you treat fans. I hate, like, oh, I, I just drank a cup of coffee and it cost me $8. Can somebody send me $8 for my cup of coffee? Like, no. Pay for your fucking coffee. You know what I mean? Um, but, like, if a fan, if, if, a, if a performer busts their ass on a 40-minute video, and pay for lighting and pay for makeup and they have an elaborate setup. They got a cameraman that they shot it or even if they shot it on their cell phone, it looks high quality. They put in a lot of work to it. They support them. You know, like, I mean, if the video costs $20, pay $20. I mean, what's $20? There, sometimes some people put videos on sale for like $10, $12. You probably spend $50 a day and not even realize it. I'm a personal trainer. So I know what people spend day to day on food. And trust me, junk food alone, they're spending $35 a day, a day. And that's not including transportation. That's not including any other things you might do that day. Because if you go out and drink and go out and other stuff, you're definitely spending close to $80 to $90 a day, a day on stuff that can potentially kill you. And the most porn is going to do is let you release some jizz. <laughs> There's that, yeah. You know what I mean? So that's so. Like I said, I see it from both sides. I'm not one of those people that just sees it from one side. So throughout the interview, you've been sort of breaking down some myths and that sort of thing about the business, which which I really mm -hmm. appreciate. You know, the listeners appreciate. This is a question that I usually ask performers, and I know that you've already kind of been doing that in the interview, but I just want to sort of flat out and ask it because there might be something that you haven't mentioned yet that maybe you might want to break yeah. down. But uh, are there any misconceptions or myths about adult performers that you would like to dispel? Is there anything <laughs> that you can think of that you haven't mentioned yet that maybe, you know, the listeners might have preconceived notions about that you want to sort of break down? I'll give you a, I'll give you a couple. I'll give you one from both ends, fans and uh, performers. Performers, to the fans, this is to the fans now. A lot of your performers are, especially like some of the women performers, some of them are great performers, some of them are into it, and some of them are just terrible. Um, when it comes to a lot of the, the male performers and stuff like that, a lot of male performers are, at least the ones that I've met, it's about 50-50. Some, don't get me wrong, you got some great, great, great professional people in the industry, but you have some real shitty people in the industry as well. Um, I think there's a lot of people that are put on a pedestal in the porn industry that shouldn't be on a pedestal. And I'm just saying because 
they're, it's not because they're bad performers. It's because they're really shitty individuals. And that's just the God honest truth. Some of you, some of you people that are supporting some of these people, you got to understand they have your support only because they crave attention. So you give them that attention instead of correcting them. And if you correct them, let's say if those performers say something that's outlandish online or say something that, that you might not agree with. And you're, you as a fan correct them and you'd be like, hey, you know, I'm a fan of yours, but, you know, that's a kind of a crazy way of looking at things. They will rip you up. That's not how you treat fans. That's not how you live day-to-day life. Not everyone is going to agree with you. Not everyone is going to support some of your ideas because some of your ideas could be outlandish. But it's coming from a sense of love when your fans tell you, hey, I think you might want to chill with that or because I like you and stuff like that. And they'll shun their fans away. So there's some people in the industry that are phenomenal. They're great with their fans. They're great on screen. They're great performers. They're great people. But then you have a dark half where you got people that constantly complain and constantly whine. And then instead of working, they're just partying. And then they have a lot of unsafe sex. And then they wonder why we have lockdowns and shutdowns, you know, when there's a, a STI contraction, you know what I mean? Uh, people, like, just not testing. People, uh, like, lying, abuse on set, uh, verbal abuse, uh, sexual misconduct, uh, pedophilia. There's a dark half to it, and that's what we have to get rid of to make this industry better. And that's the that's thing that they avail that they kind of cover from their fans because the fans don't know everything. Because some fans are actually supporting people that are the biggest proprietors of negativity, and they don't even realize it. Now, from the fans' point of view, you got a lot of guys who would be like, oh, I can do that. I can do a porn. I can shoot there, and I can do that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I fuck my girl all the time. I fuck her. It's ten times different when you got 50 people on set watching you perform because nine times out of ten when those fans get to a set they go oh and they go from oh i can do that to saying on set i don't know why this is happening it just never usually happens you don't want to be that guy and we know exactly what you mean about that yeah so you know i always tell fans be easy be easy because uh, i my, a favorite thing I, I was watching it yesterday on twitter my favorite thing to see fans do is when they try too hard. I like the fans that just go like this. Let's say if I put up a new scene or a girl puts up a scene. I'll just use somebody, um, an imaginary performer right now. So let's say if a woman puts up a scene, a fan goes, man, you're sexy. I love your work. Like I can, you can even say something like I jerk off to your stuff all the time or purchase your stuff all the time or me and my wife use your scene all the time or my girlfriend likes you, stuff like that. That's cool. My favorite stuff is the hero guy. Like, I, I call them the, the heroes. You always got the heroes at the bottom of the of the girl's message. So, for, for example, there's two ways of the, you'll see a hero. So, when you get up, when I, I challenge anyone who's listening to this podcast, to when they get off this podcast, they start listening to it, go to Twitter and see for yourself or Instagram, whichever. And you'll see a girl go, she'll put up a scene and he'll go, oh, I can fuck you so much better than that guy. Man, my dick is bigger than that guy. Man, I don't know why you picked that guy. I could do you so much better. I, I laugh at those guys because those be the same guys that when you do get them to a set, I could put my whole paycheck on it. 
that they'll be they a won't get their penis hard b cannot pop and c or probably two stroke wonder so they'll get in it as soon as they get in they're about to come and i'm going to let you guys know right now you have to give a company or a girl a good 30 minutes minimal a good 30 minutes so if you're not a 30 minute guy this industry is not for you period point blank if you're a quickie banger only fans is for you so stick to only fans but when you're doing company shoots remind you there's some companies where you're on set literally eight hours eight to twelve hours so if you're can't keep your penis hard or you can bust on time this is not the industry for you so stick to being a fan and supporting because if you go on set you will never work again they will give you one shot and then one shot only it's not like they'll come back to you and go hey man let's do it again no because if you mess if you fuck up a company scene you're costing them money and when you cost them money they will hate you <laughs> period point blank and then the girl gets and then also don't think that off camera the girl's getting you hard or the girl's trying to uh, get you ready only that happens between people who are cool with each other so if you get on a set with a brand new girl and she's shy or she doesn't do that she's not going to do that she's not it's not her job to get you hard it's your job to get yourself hard so i want you to think about that so all the fans who want to be heroes and jumping people's d or uh, jumping people's dms or jumping people's comments i want you to think about it imagine being in the bed with 10 guys around you recording and girls on set by the way and you're with a girl who a may not be into you and b is just there for the paycheck and you have to get your dick hard and you have to you have to fuck and then stop fuck and then stop fuck and then stop fuck and then stop so i want you to think about that if you can do that then by all means you're going to be a top-notch porn star but if you can't do that don't be the hero please please don't and then another way that some fans be your heroes is if a girl is saying something outlandish like something offensive and the guy goes into her uh, instead of like i told you instead of correcting them being like hey i'm a fan of yours i don't think you should be saying that i think that's kind of outlandish that's what a friend would do or that's what a supporter would do they'll go oh my god i'm with you girl i'm with you girl we'll hit you with you 100 like what you're doing right there is you're creating a negative mindset for this person so instead of you limiting their toxic toxicity you're increasing their toxicity so you're making it seem like what they're saying even though it's 1000 percent bs and 1000 percent wrong you you're validating their opinion you're validating their negativity so as a supporter you should support what you can support and if it's something that they're saying or something they're doing that you know is they shouldn't be doing you got to call them out you can't support people and i'm talking about mainstream people too you got you as a supporter that's what you got to do period point blank but that's both from the performer side and that's from the fan side that i feel that people don't know enough about or just don't pay attention to you know Mm-hmm. i like it yeah great nuggets of advice for the fans and and a nice insight into the industry as well yeah, yeah. 
totally, 100%, man. So what I want to do right now is I want to shift away from talking about generalities in the industry, and I want to focus a little bit more on you because I want to talk about uh, both avenues in which you are releasing your content. So that means I want to talk about your OnlyFans, and I want to talk about the launch, the debut of your official websites. I'm going to ask you something that I usually don't ask someone that I'm interviewing. What do you want to talk mm-hmm. about first? Do you want to talk about, because the OnlyFans has been out longer, right? Do you want to talk about that first? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so let's oh. talk about the OnlyFans. Let's talk about your decision to join OnlyFans. What type of content can the listeners expect on your OnlyFans and how often is it updated? Now, when it comes to uh... When I first started, I was working with, uh, like I tell you, websites most of the time. So I didn't know anything about this independent stuff until, like I told you, like around 2016. Um, I started with uh, just paid scenes. I just did all my stuff was paid scenes. I started building content and working with people, and I never. I was going to do a model central, and I, and I was like, ah, I just never got around to doing it. I was filming more than I was able to sit down. So when I finally got to sit down, a fan actually put me onto OnlyFans. So it was like, hey, man, I think you should do this OnlyFans stuff. Uh, like, it's good money. So that's how I got into OnlyFans. And um, OnlyFans, how I break up my content is like this. I have an OnlyFans many bits, and now my website. Uh, OnlyFans, I like to put up any kind of scene. So if I show you a shooter on the damn cell phone, I'm putting it up there. If it's a solo, I'm going to put it up there. If it's a high-quality scene, I'll put it up there. Um, but I have uh, – I don't rate people on cost. Like, I don't overcharge. Uh, I think my prices are pretty reasonable. I do customs on OnlyFans as well. Uh, OnlyFans, the turnaround is a lot quicker. Uh, it's easier to post. The reason why it's easier to post on OnlyFans is because you can post from your laptop or you can post from your phone. And I think that's the reason. I love, that's the main reason why I think a lot of people do OnlyFans, and that's something people don't know about, is because OnlyFans it's very compatible with all your devices, so you can just promote from anywhere. Many vids, I like to keep it uh, just uh, actual scenes on many vids, like scenes with photos and scenes that are high res, uh, 4K scenes. Uh, many vids, it's a little bit difficult because they're. Uh, the format, the way their their uh, layout is on the phone, you can hardly log into anything. Uh, many bits makes it extremely hard to promote from like any device. You would just have to do it from a desktop and from a laptop, and that's I think that's another reason why many bits has a hard time competing with OnlyFans. I dropped that suggestion to them. I told them you guys got to be a little bit more compatible with devices. Like people wanna, people have their scenes on their phones on the, or because of Dropbox. So let's say if you're on a flight or you got a place to be and you don't have your laptop, you should be able to put your scene on many bits through your phone, and you can't. So that's why you see more people on OnlyFans because if they're, they can continue to put scenes up even while they're on the road and they're traveling. Now my, my uh, website itself, my website is all my high-quality four-red scenes with a lot of a performers and top-notch ladies and high-industry ladies, um, and that is my bread, my bread and butter. That's my baby right there. So 
I hope people go out and support it. Um, that's the one I'm putting most of my attention to right now, currently. Um, OnlyFans, I always schedule my stuff. So OnlyFans ain't going nowhere. Many of ain't going nowhere. But my website is going to have my exclusive, exclusive content. And that's how I usually do it. Very nice. How long has the website been up and running? Oh, I started it in January of this year. Uh, it, it was in the works from the summer of last year. And we finally got it up and going because it's a process. You have to wait for credit cards to accept, uh, you know, the the payments and stuff like that and how where the payments go to. And you, they got to make sure your website's legit. So you have to have a certain amount of scenes and a certain amount of photos up before you can start your website. Very nice. Congratulations. Um, thank you. That's a big damn deal. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, for the longest, the thing that I always told performers, and this was before OnlyFans was a thing, I was like, you need to make your own website. You need to make your own website. Like, yes, it's wonderful. It's fantastic to be accepted by some of the large studios. You know, there are, you know, especially for the guys, I mean, you want to have some of those studios on your resume and that sort of thing. But at the mm -hmm. end of the day, I've always told performers, you need to create your own thing because you want to start making your own money. Uh, wait, yeah. we haven't dropped the link. Can you drop the link to the website? I, I want to do yeah. that before uh, we move on. All right. Uh, the website is porto-rock.com. Very simple. Porto, P-U-E-R-T-O, hyphen, rock, R-O-C-K.com. And my Perfect. OnlyFans is Porter Rock Triple X, so straight one word straight across. And my many vids Porter Rock Triple X twenty, so you just add twenty after the triple X. Love it. And that's one word straight across. Perfect. Okay, so so as I was saying, like I always told performers, like you need your own website. Like I feel like that's the most important thing because it's yours. You know, you were talking earlier about intellectual property. Like that is your property. All mm -hmm. of that is your money. And yes, some of it's going to go into the upkeep and the maintenance of the website, but everything that's left is yours. And then only yes. fans hit. And I feel like a lot of performers, because of what you said, they got sort of complacent with how easy mm -hmm. OnlyFans is. And, yeah. I mean, let's be real. I mean, you could probably break it down better than I can just because I'm not a performer uploading stuff to OnlyFans and seeing how much of a percentage they're keeping. But OnlyFans, I mean, they keep a percentage of the money that the performer yep. makes. So, you know, yes, it's convenient. Yes, all that makes life so wonderful and easy and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, you're not making, as a performer, the bang for, you know, the bang that you should be making for all of the hard work that you're putting into, especially if it's, you know, a really high-resolution professional scene. So I think performers need to realize that yes OnlyFans is convenient and yes you should be on it and you should you know upload maybe cell phone stuff some BTS stuff solo stuff photos and all that kind of stuff but at the end of the day they really need to consider creating their own website where they can have the really good really well done professional shoots because you know at the end of it all Perform not performers. Fans will join a website if they love you. 
if they have followed you mm-hmm. from the beginning to now, I mean, a website subscription is nothing. I mean, a website subscription is about the same price as what, you know, you sell for, for you know, maybe one DVD or one direct download. Uh, yeah. And they're getting so much content. Like, there's a great value in that. And if, you know, if they love you, they will sign up and uh, the payment will recur. Yeah, that's the, that's the key thing, and that's that's what I keep telling people, especially on OnlyFans and like in many businesses like that. Like it's like cheap. It's like uh, there's some people that overprice their OnlyFans for God knows for what reason. I don't know why, but if you're uh, most people's OnlyFans are pretty reasonable. Most people's websites are pretty reasonable, and that's why if you're a supporter, just support them and you're going to get the benefits in the long run. Trust me. I, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm just, if you want to know a secret, I'm just letting you fans know. The people who pay the most, the people who support the most, I listen to the most. So if they hypothetically were like, hey, can you do a scene like this? I would do it. But if it's somebody – by the way, fans, we can also check who's paying what and who's contributing what. So you guys need to stop with not contributing nothing and pretending to be fans. Because there's people who do that, and they don't contribute anything. I'm talking about zero dollars to anything. They just take advantage of free stuff. We know who you are. It's easy. You can just click the person, and it tells you exactly what the person is spending on your site or anything. You know what I'm saying? So those people, when they when, when you get a lot of those type of people, we just ignore them. Seriously, I ignore them. I, I, I'm not listening to what you have to say. But if you got somebody who supports, even if it's ten dollars, even if it's five dollars, if it's if you're contributing that often or you could just contributing contributing something, I'm gonna to listen to you. Like if you be like, hey, I think you need to shoot more of this, I've done it many times. I've done it many times. There's been many fans who've contributed tons of money to like my site on different occasions and they suggest things that they want to see in the scene and I'll start adding it to the scene. Very nice. Yeah, that's a good little yeah. that's a good little thing that the fans should know about. Yeah. I like it. Okay, so how often is your official website going to be updated? What type of content in the future can can the uh, listeners and your fans expect to see on it? Is there anything that you're going to be shooting? Um, any any ideas for different types of things that maybe the fans haven't seen before that you've been able to produce that you're going to be featuring on your official website? Okay, so right now, the, most of the scenes, uh, there's there's a decent amount of scenes up right now on the site. Right now, we're trying to figure out, because uh, it's, let me tell you, I have about three or, three or four four-tera hard drives that I got to uh, go through footage. So right now, we're in the elimination process of adding another about uh, five to ten scenes. So we, we're just going through the picking, the pick em phase, you know what I mean, and getting them edited for my website. Uh, but right now, currently, the, there's about, I would say, good 10 good scenes on my website right now. So if you purchase right now and you subscribe right now, you're going to have good 10 scenes and a good 10 photo sets to look at while you're there, you know what I mean, and quality scenes. Um, in terms of the type of scenes that we'll be shooting, uh, mostly 4K high-res scenes for my website. Um, in terms of 
things that I, my fans pretty much know me and they know the type of things that I shoot. I would tell fans I'm going to be doing a lot more compilations because I have a shit ton of scenes. So I might start doing like compilations for certain positions or for certain women or certain body type. I might do uh, compilations for. I may be opening uh, separate mini vids or separate OnlyFans to promote uh, different markets, different genres of stuff that I shoot. Um, that's about it. I'm pretty much straightforward. Like I'm, when it comes to business, it's pretty much straightforward. It's websites and my promotional tools, and that's it. I love that. Very nice. Yeah. Now, the way that I introduced you in the interview, like I called you, because this is my opinion, and I feel like this is true. I feel like you're one of the most underrated male performers in the business. Like I feel like mm-hmm. you have consistently been doing. I hear. I heard that. Mm-hmm. Does that mean you agree? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Okay, okay. No, I like it. I mean, I like that you're self-aware. Like, and I feel like. Yeah. The industry, and I said this to another performer that I interviewed a couple months ago, I feel like the industry is sleeping on you. Like, you know, and I'm not just saying this because you're here with me doing this interview, Mm -hmm. but I feel like, you know, you churn out all this great content. Like, I don't feel like I've seen a bad Porter Rock scene, and that's just my opinion. I'm sure someone else might be listening Mm -hmm. and be like, you lying. It's just (laughs) because he's here with you on an interview. No, but I'm being for real. Like, I don't feel like I've seen a bad one, and I feel like the industry as a whole has been sleeping on you. Like, they haven't given you the shot that I feel like – you deserve. Now, yes, you've been working with some of the larger studios, but there are some huge name studios that I, you haven't worked with that I feel yeah. like once once they wake up and they realize, you know, what you have proven yourself to be as a performer, I feel like, you know, the, the work is just going to start coming through. Like, I feel like the industry needs to wake up on who you are because you've put in the work. And, and, and I... Let me tell you something. That I agree with you one bazillion percent, and I'm not kissing my own ass. It's because I've had other pe- people who work mainstream who've told me the same thing. Like they don't, they they don't get it. They seriously, I had women and even men producers and men performers say the same thing. Um, now I can't put a gun to these companies' heads. I refuse to kiss people's ass. Period. Point blank. I don't do it in my regular life. I don't do it in my uh, my porn life. Um, if that's the case, if that's what, how they want to do things, then I'm. I always tell people, my dream when I started doing uh, porn and when I started branching off, basically when I like when I when I was like, hey, I'm gonna do this in 2016. I wanted to work with certain companies. I really, really did. I. I came close to working with one in particular, um, and it was just because our schedules conflicted that I couldn't do it. Um, but the other companies, in, in per se, um, I used to want to work with such and such company A, company B, company C. Um, but I'm content if I don't now. Before I was like, that's what I wanted. But right now, to be honest with you, I'm content if I don't, because. The direction that they go in is not the direction I want to go in. Uh, they want to use the same male performers all the time. And the, the reason why they use the same male performers all the time is because the same male performers inject their penis with with uh, Trimix. So they can stay hard on set. I'm not going to inject my penis and put and put my health in jeopardy for a scene. 
just not doing it. You know what I mean? Uh, yes, fans, that's the secret. These uh, A lot of these male talents, a lot of these male studs you think are studs are not really studs. They're duds. Because I'm going to let you know as a health professional, because that's what I am. I am a certified. I'm not an IG trainer. I'm not a, a Twitter trainer. I am a legitimate strength and conditioning coach with a degree in the program. And I'm also a nutritionist. So I know about uh, physical therapy and the whole nine. I do it all. And I'm telling you that most of these people, most people who have a diet of pizza, beer, uh, party all the time, smoke, vape, you name it, anything that you, anything that your body doesn't produce by itself, you're going to have a hard time maintaining an erection or having a hard dick past the age of 25. And most of these adult performers have shitty eating habits and shitty lifestyles. But yet you question, how are they able to keep that penis hard when they're flipped upside down or they're underwater or hanging from a pull-up bar or or what's the other crazy positions they'll be in or, or laying down on concrete or the sun is beaming on them in Arizona, like because they film in Arizona on a 100-degree day sometimes. Uh, California, when it's 90 degrees, how they're performing, and the, reg- the average Joe can't is because they're, they are like the average Joe. They just have an assistance. That's it. And and I like that. That's the dark half about the the, the mainstream uh, industry. That that's the the the, the problem. It's it's all glitter glamour. I I I must speak from a fan's point of view. As a I started as a fan. I I still am a fan of of, of porn, but I've been disenchanted by it since being in it. It's I miss the days where I wasn't involved in it, <laughs> and I actually enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. And and so what you said about me and stuff like that, uh, other people uh, other people have told me that. And all I can say is, I hope I, I, I get the chance one day. But if I don't, I'm content. I'm like one of those people that's content. Back in the days, if you would have told me I wasn't, I would have been very disappointed. But, well, because I think the reason why you're content is because regardless of whether you work with some of the huge companies in in the industry, I mean, you have worked with big companies and at the end of it all, you do get consistent work and Mm -hmm. you aren't the type of performer that's thirsty for the work. Like you have, you know, an entire life outside of the industry. So that also allows with you being content with where you are at this point. And, and regardless, I mean, you have the fandom. You have the fans that have been supporting you all this time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm cool with that. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm, I'm cool with that. Like, uh, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not disappointed by it. And then not only that, most of the women that I wanted to work with, like that do mainstream stuff, I've worked with. There's, to be honest with you, there's not many women in industry in now that I'm like, oh my God, I need to work with them. No, I've I've worked the ones that I like when I started. I had a list of like ten women that I was like I got to, to work with them, um, and I did already. I knocked that off within the first, I would say, between 2016 to 2018. I pretty much got that done, with the exception of like one or two 
that I worked with a little later. That I, got, I worked with them, I eventually worked with them, but maybe like, I think it was like, the last, the last one that I really wanted to work with, I think I worked with her in 2020. The other, the other performers, like the, the women I work with now, uh, I don't get me wrong, I love all the women I work with. Like, I love them all. They all, I've worked with them for a reason. But in terms of like, I'm speaking from a fan's point of view. Like, I was a fan of theirs before I worked with them. Uh, most of the girls now, we're, we're um, colleagues now. So, like, we grow up together. Like, we're in the industry together at the same time. Doesn't mean I don't want to work with them. I love working with everybody. But like I told you, coming into the industry, you know, as you're coming into the industry, you start off as a fan before you become a performer. So as a fan, I was a fan of, like, about 12, 10 to 12. And I got, like I said, I got to work with them. All right. We're going to shift away from talking about your website and mm-hmm. uh, the content that you have out there. And I'm going to ask you, this is the big question. This is a question that that a lot of the listeners love when I ask because they get, they're curious. They want to know about their favorite performer. So Mm -hmm. the big question is how much is Porter rock packing? (laughs) Well, I, I, you know, on a, I'm about like eight, eight and some change. Eight, some change. It fluctuates sometimes like eight and a half, 8.2, 8.7. I measure it because I have to measure it for like my um, some of my fans and stuff like that, and I'm pretty girthy. Uh, in terms of my how I keep my penis that way at work, I trust me, I put in a lot of work, especially when you get up in age. So I'm doing the whole exercise. I do the gel 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 I do penis pumps to maintain girth. Uh, I take um, certain supplements like ashwagandha, um, zinc, and like um, tribulus and stuff stuff to help with uh, maintaining uh, healthy hormones and being able to produce like pops and stuff like that and also to maintain. I'm constantly training my whole entire body, not just my biceps and my chest and stuff like that, but I also train my penis. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that's your money maker, literally, yes. you, and because you got the money shot that you get, that you need at the end of the scene. And you answered this question kind of, but uh, my usual follow up is, how do you end up maintaining a consistent uh, and large pop shot? And so, a lot of it is supplements. Yes, nutrition is definitely nutrition. nutrition. You can't. Yeah, so, yeah, you can. Um, some guys can do it on. Some guys, if you have a some. Uh, just a, a tip for the average Joe that's listening and stuff like that. Um, sometimes if you have a problem with popping or just busting huge loads, it's you might want to check your prostate because uh, that could be an underlying issue because enlarged prostates will cause you to not ejaculate or ex- have explosive pops. Just, just a health tip. Okay, so like if you guys want to know what could be the cause of your issue and you're like, damn, why I can't pop like my favorite male performer, because you can have an underlying health issue. So you might want to get your prostate checked or get a prostate massage. Okay, free tips. <laughs> you know, I love it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. No, yeah, that's all that's important. And, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it's good to know. I mean, I feel like a lot of people don't realize how much of, like, what you eat affects, like, a pop shot. 
you yeah. know, yeah. from also hydration to, mm -hmm. you know, fruits, veggies, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, outside yep. of supplements, you know, because not, not everyone maybe wants to add supplements into their, you know, their grocery budgets because at, at a certain yeah, point yeah. they do become expensive. But there are simple yeah, things yeah, yeah. that you can do just by watching what you eat and making sure you are consistent in what you eat. I'll put it to you like this. If you want a normal life with normal erections and normal pops, regardless of your age, regardless of how old you get, it's basically, it falls under the same category as fitness and just day-to-day -day living. If you eat well, you are what you eat. If you eat like crap, your body will perform like crap. If you eat well, your body will perform well. Basic, it just simple. It's very simple. There's no bones about it. There's no shortcuts, no cut. I mean, obviously there's shortcuts, but if you're trying to maintain a healthy lifestyle, I'm not talking about for just a theme. I'm talking about for the rest of your life. Then it's plain as day. Avoid processed foods, avoid processed oils, and start eating a healthier, a healthier diet. You should be focusing on your health. If you focus on your health, all that other stuff will fall into place, period. 100%. Mm -hmm. Here's a yeah. fun question. You know, with, mm -hmm. you know, the fact that social media is so prevalent in an adult performer's life, I am kind of curious to ask you, is there a particular part of your body that gets a lot of attention on social media when you post, a, post any pictures, whether it's on your OnlyFans or on, you know, the various social media platforms? I would say just my, my, my abs. <laughs> that's, like, that's about it. Everything else, I mean, people like everything. Like, I get compliments on everything. But it's, uh, in, in, in particular, I would say it would be abs. Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Something unique about Porter Rock. I'm a huge sports nerd, and I'm a huge nerd in general. Like, I am a designer. I'm an art. I'm an artist. I graduated from FIT. Uh, I'm into comic books. I'm into Marvel stuff. I'm a huge nerd outside of porn. Like I'm into sports. I'm into. I'm also. I'm also into weight training. I'm heavy into fitness and getting people in shape. I also do teach people self defense. So I'm into MMA and the boxing and stuff like that. But that, that's the stuff that they don't know because I just don't be promoting too much. Describe yourself in 10 words or less. Hard-working, humbled performer. I like it. You kept it simple. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So as we start wrapping things up, I do have a list of sort of pop culture-oriented questions that are designed to allow your fans to get to know some of your favorites. So the first in this set of questions are, or I should say the first in the set of question is, what are five of your most favorite television shows? Oh. <laughs> uh, Martin, In Living Color, uh, Tales from the Crypt. Nice. Uh, anything WWE, Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, uh, and anything sports related. Those are my, those are my top five. <laughs> Very dope. Like, I love how the first three were very throwback in a good way. <laughs> very nice. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. 
Who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? Nas, Biggie Smalls, Bad Bunny, and Jay-Z. Nice. The majority of them are from New York. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I feel like I know the East Coast versus West Coast. I don't yeah. even have to ask. Very nice. Very New York. Yes. What are three of your most favorite films? Halloween 1, Back to the Future, and uh, Jaws. What are two foods you can't live without? Oh, man. Uh, that's a tough one. Oh, I would say oatmeal and eggs. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? Anything cupcakes. <laughs> oh, okay. You got to hit the gym extra hard after the cupcakes. Yeah, I have, uh, I have advice for cupcakes, uh, and um, especially bright color cupcakes. <laughs> That's the kid in me, probably. Yeah, you know, the kids like the shiny stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> what are you currently binging? Is there anything that you're currently binge-watching? Oh, man. Um, I would say I, there's one show that I watch every day, every day, because even, like, I like to watch it, especially if I'm in a bad mood, it always cheers me up. Like, I always feel good after watching it. It's Impractical Jokers. I think I watch that every day. <laughs> That's funny. I literally watch that show every day. Even the old episodes, I just keep watching them. It, it, like I said, I could be in a bad mood. If I throw that on, I'm, I'm usually laughing or in a better mood when I stop watching it. I love that. That's so random. It's so good. <laughs> Very nice. What's next for Puerto Rock? Or for the non-Latinos, Puerto Rock. What's next for you? What's coming up for you? Uh, what can the listeners and the fans expect from you in the near future? What do you have coming up that they should know about? I got tons and tons and tons of scenes that I got to drop. So I have enough scenes to last this whole entire year and half of next year. So just a ton, a ton of work. And then plus all the stuff that I'm filming currently. So don't worry. You're going to see brand new performers. You're going to see brand new ladies. You're going to see groups, group uh, orgies, you name it. Uh, threesomes, you're going to see them. Um, I got, what I'm telling you, I got a shit ton of scenes that I have unreleased. I have a shit ton of scenes unreleased yet. Um, and then with the scenes from that, you could come up with compilations. I have enough to last. Seriously, I have, if you purchase like an OnlyFans or you purchase many vids or trust me, you're going to have enough content to last for a couple of years. Um, especially since I, um, I'm still currently shooting and I'm still active performer because the old scenes, I still have a shit ton of, um, the current scenes, I still have a shit ton of, and then I'm going to be filming a whole lot more. So there's plenty, plenty to come. So plenty, plenty, plenty to come. That's all I have to say is plenty to come. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Very nice. Just a quick idea, because I don't know if you've done this type of scene before, but as you were mentioning the scene types, I think a reverse gangbang would be good. I've done one with BBWs. I've done six girls and me for uh, BBWs. Um, 
Now, I definitely want to do it again. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> I love reverse gangbangs. Um, but it, it definitely has to be the right setting. You have to find the right people to do it. Totally. Uh, the right setting, yeah. the right girls. It, it's yeah. all got to align, like the stars in the sky. But so uh, I would tell you, yeah. it just, uh, just a quick thing. I would tell you fans, listen, your word is power. Go on Twitter, especially Twitter, and just hash, just tag the performers you want to see work together. Just go out there and tag them. Tag the companies you want to see me with. Tag them and keep forcing it down their throat. If you force it down their throat, they'll eventually book you. They'll eventually do it for you. So just let them know. You guys have the power, so you just say what you want to see. Seriously. Don't be shy about it. Tag them. Just keep tagging and retweeting. Tag and retweet, tag and retweet, and you're good. That's a good tip. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. All right. So, how can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social media, and all of your links? I know that you gave the links earlier, but just in case somebody, you know, wasn't near a computer to type it in or to write it down, I want you to provide the listeners with every single way that they can reach you via social media as well as where they can get your content. And of course, the official website. Okay. Um, IG, you can find me at Porto, P-U-E-R-T-O, underscore Rock, R-O-C-K, 80, V-E-R, point, two. So it's Porto Rock, underscore, uh, Porto, underscore Rock, 80, version, point, two. So V-E-R, short for version, point, two. Um, on Twitter, it's Porter Rock Triple X twenty. One word straight across. Porter Rock Triple X twenty. One word straight across. No dashes, no hyphens, none of that stuff. Um, OnlyFans is Porter Rock Triple X. One word straight across. Many vids is Porter Rock Triple X twenty. One word straight across. And my website is Porto hyphen rock dot com or for laymen who don't understand what uh, <laughs> a hyphen is is porto rock uh, dash rock a porto dash rock dot com so porto hyphen rock dot com and that's my website um, and then you can just find me uh, I'm, I'm opening up a TikTok and all that stuff but the TikTok is not going to be nothing crazy it's just going to be a day to day like a day in the life of my of being a male performer and just working out and training, staying in shape and eating well. That's it. Very nice. So basically all of the great tips that you gave throughout this interview in video format. Yeah. Perfect. Mm -hmm. I like it. Well, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in right now? Love you guys. And stay tuned. We have a lot to come. There's a lot to come. Awesome. So, Porter Rock, I definitely want to thank you so much for the interview. Oh, thank you. Yes, certainly. It was a long time coming, and uh, I hope, you know, the door is open for more is basically what I'm trying to say. I hope that we can make another one happen sooner rather than later. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. Perfect. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One-on-One with Papi Chulo. Before we go, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. 
Thank you for downloading One on One with Poppy Chulo. Here are a few helpful reminders. For more information on One on One with Poppy Chulo, visit poppychuloradio.com slash after dark. Follow Poppy Chulo on Twitter at twitter.com slash poppychulo one on one. That's at Poppy Chulo. The number one. The word on. And the number one. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Poppy Chula Radio. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Back to you, Poppy Chulo. Thanks, announcer. And with that, Porter Rock and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. And good night, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to One on One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio. And like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week. <laughs>